0: This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, I'm Ken Foreman, the lead pastor at the Cathedral of Faith Church in San Jose. And I want to welcome you to Living Courageously. I'm here with my wonderful wife, Elisa. We've been married for 36 years. She put up with me for 36 years, which qualifies her for sainthood. You know, we're so grateful to be coming into your home and sharing with you a program that we believe can help build your faith and your courage in these extraordinary times that we're living in. One thing that can change the atmosphere in your home or your heart is music. A month ago, a couple of months ago, our worship team put on an event called Worship in the Round. And here is some music from that event that will build faith in your heart.
1: And all of God's people shouted. Come
2: on, cathedral, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. A little bit louder, thank you, Jesus.
0: I'm here with Pastor Shelley, who heads up our prayer team here at Cathedral of Faith. Amazon was once doing some research on their e-readers. They wanted to find out what their most popular books were, as well as the most highlighted passages from those books. When it came to the Bible, their most popular passage was not John 3:16. Instead, it was Philippians chapter four. "Don't worry about anything. But pray about everything with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to do right now. We want to pray with you and pray for you. Pastor Shelley. would you lead us?
3: Father, we just thank you so much, Lord God, for those who are watching today. And we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would touch each and every person today, Lord God. That as your word says, that we don't have to worry about anything, but we can pray about everything. And so God, we just want to pray for that person that might be watching right now, that is filled with cares and filled with anxiety, that you would reach them by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would touch them in their situation and in their circumstance, that you would move in their life, Lord God, to bring about a peace peace that passes all understanding. God, we're so grateful that you care about every need that they have, whether it be emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, or relational. God, we just ask that you would move Invade their space where they are, God, with your power and your spirit and do that which only you can do. We ask this, God, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen Amen
0: and amen. Thank you, Pastor Shelley. And we want you to know we're here to pray with you. You can contact us through social media or call the church office. And we love to write down your prayer requests so we can stand with you throughout the week. This pandemic has caused a massive setback for our Bay Area. But we serve a God who can take a setback and turn it into a comeback. And a few months ago, we had a chance to talk to one of the members of the Oakland Athletics, how God helped him After he had a setback, God helped him to have a comeback. And as you listen to his story, let faith begin to rise in your heart. You will be able to bounce back too.
1: My name's Liam Hendricks. I currently play for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, been around for a little bit. Came over to the States. Uh, I'm, I'm Australian, so I came over to America in 2007. And, uh, yeah, I been mean, pretty much playing baseball ever since. Came over in seven with the Twins and then um, spent some years in the minor leagues and bounced around a little bit. But uh, this is my fourth consecutive season with the A's now, so it's uh, it's been a ride, that's for sure. I'm a pretty easy, laid-back kind of guy, relatively Australian, as you could say. But um, for me, it's just I'm... Going out there, it's trying to get loose. I don't worry about who's coming up, I don't worry about anything like that. Once I get hot and once I get like ready to go, I'll I'll look at my scattering balls just to see who's coming up, what I can do against them, what I'm gonna have success with. And that's been the biggest thing for me is making sure that I know what I'm gonna have success with rather than what I can picture them hitting off me. So it's just that kind of positive mindset and going out there and making sure that uh, no matter what I do, I'm gonna pitch to my strengths and if they're gonna beat me, they're gonna beat me with my number one pitch. I wasn't expecting to be optioned down. I was like, okay, I've had two bad ones, but like they see something in me, I'm, they'll give me another chance and I'll go back out there and I'll prove what I can do. Didn't work out that way, got sent down to AAA and it was definitely a shock. Like I, it, it hit the ego pretty hard. Like I just assumed that I was gonna be up and it's just, uh, it was necessary to kind of realign what I'm doing and the way I live my life. But uh, they called a couple guys up in the same position that ahead of me that I had been doing better than in AAA. And that was the moment then where I was like, okay, look, obviously I'm not doing something right. Obviously they need, they're either trying to send me a message or they see something that I need to work on. And it kind of, uh, it was a lot of uh, kind of thinking about my own personal stuff, what I'm being able to do and uh, yeah, getting back on track. And luckily I've got a wife who is huge for me that the rock and she's not the, uh, the coddle type. She's going to tell me if I'm doing something stupid. She's going to, wear me out a little bit, which, for me, I need. I need someone to kind of rebound, and it's uh, it's not always what I want to hear at the time, and sometimes I don't take it well, but once I actually have a moment to quiet, like sit down quietly and, and think about what has been said to me, it, it, it really affects me. Like, there's certain times where she's just been able to just get me through things, and there's certain times where I've been able to get her through things, but she's, she's by far and away the most important person in my career. Not only for the on-field stuff, not only for the off-field stuff, but just, spiritually everything it's it's all on her I mean, she's uh she's been able to get me on the right track and and looking in the right direction which is up uh, i think the biggest thing for me in my my kind of uh relationship with christ is anything that negatively happens there's always a silver line there's always something whether it be okay I'm being tested. This is the this is the time to show my my resiliency and my faith. This is the time to show my utmost adoration for everything that's going on in my life. Like it may not be going in the right direction, but there's a reason for it. Everything has a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And as soon as you find that reason, it's just, it's you look back and you're like, okay, it was like it may have felt like the end of the world in that moment. But as soon as you get through it, and as soon as you find that th- that trigger that gets you through everything, you look back, it's like that. That was barely a speed bump in my in my career, in my relationship with the Lord. The, at the end of the day, baseball's a fleeting moment for me. Like it's, you look at it, the, the oldest guys that have played it get to maybe 45. And that's on the very, very utmost end. So I'm not looking to be around in the game forever, but my relationship with my wife, my relationship with the Lord, and my relationship with myself is, that's gonna be, a, that's a forever thing. And I need to make sure that, that all three of those things come first. For me, I know that I do my best work while my back's against the wall. So whether it be someone negatively thinking about me, negatively talking about me to anybody else, I know that when my back's against the wall, that's where I come out, and that's where my true colors shine.
4: Thanks, Liam. Every cloud has a silver lining. No matter how dark or overwhelming or difficult a day may be, there's always something good God can bring out of it. Jesus is the silver lining in this moment. More about that later. On behalf of Pastor Ken and Kurt, all of our cathedral pastors and staff, we just want to say how much we love you and how much we miss you. And one of the ways we're keeping in touch is by praying for you. In fact, in this moment, people are turning away from a lot of things. They're turning away from work. Places of work are empty. They're turning away from theaters and restaurants and schools and even beaches and parks are closed. But the one thing people are turning to is prayer. In fact, if you look on Google, the most searches for prayer in the last five years have been in these last weeks. People are turning to prayer and we want to pray for you. At the bottom of the screen you'll see our email address where you can text your prayer request. prayer at cathedraloffaith.org We want to join with you and believe with you because the same Jesus that rose from the dead is living in you and he can resurrect finances, he can resurrect health, he can bring resurrection to you. And we want to agree with you in prayer. Now back to the silver lining. I have this letter I carry with me in the car. It's a letter from Kurt Foreman. And it basically says that I am essential. So if I get stopped on the road and said, why are you out here, what are you doing, it says, oh, this person is essential to giving out food to our community. One of the big issues during this time is what is essential? Who is essential? And here's what I want to share with you. You have a letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 that says this, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is the essential part. You are essential. And I just want to declare that over you right now in this time of sheltering in place, that God would let you know how essential you are to His plan. In fact, I want to invite you to repeat after me. Here we go. Jesus, you are essential in my life. Wait a minute. You're supposed to actually say this, not just listen. Okay, let's let's start again. Jesus, you are essential in my life. I am essential to your plan. I have your resurrection power in me. I will overcome in your name. I will fulfill your purpose for my life. My story will end in victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well one of the ways that we're being essential right now, as you can see behind me and reaching out, we're able to bless so many people in our community. In fact, you can be part of that moment your giving is essential as we bless this community and make a difference. In the past we've always given out about a million dollars worth of food every month. Last week we gave out over a million dollars in one week. The need is great. And I ask you to step up and do your essential part in this moment. You can see at the bottom of the screen the number to text your gifts to or if you would like to go to our app or our website, you can also go into our Facebook page and find ways that you can give and be part. You can mail your gifts to the church or drop them by. You are essential. In fact, Jesus says when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And in this moment of giving, as we bless our community, you are being used by the Lord in an essential way. I want to speak God's blessing upon you. Father, thank you that you are in control of this moment. You have silver linings for all of us. And we are all essential to your purposes. You tell us in the word, if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, you will turn and heal our land. And so we know that it's essential that we bow our knee. It's essential that we pray. It's essential that we humble ourselves. It's essential that we seek you. And so in this moment, as we bring our gifts, would you help us to receive your strength to see how essential you are in our lives? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God is so good, and we're looking forward to what He's going to do. Open up your heart now. Dan and Carol are coming with a song that says, if His eye is on the sparrow, then I know, I know, I know He watches over you and me.
5: I feel discouraged? Why do the shadows come? And why does my heart feel long? My home. Then I... i yeah. Spare Then I know. take the time to watch a little bitty sparrow well then i know i know he watches over me oh if my god will take the time
0: week, I want to start a series of messages entitled how to keep your song during testing times from Psalm 23. Today, though, I wanted to share with you a message that I gave a few months ago that I thought would be especially relevant for this moment that we're in. There's so much fear and anxiety happening in our culture. And this message can help you to win that battle. At the end of this sermon, I have a chance to interview one of the leading therapists here in our area, and she's got some excellent insight on winning this battle. So here is that message, how to win the battle for the mind. it's great to see everybody this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it God is good and all the time thanks so much for being here this weekend wherever you're at on campus those who are watching online and all of our different campuses around the Bay Area it's Mental Health Month here at Cathedral of Faith I found some interesting statistics that talk about what a challenge it is in North America right now. Uh, The whole area of mental health, mental health challenges affect more people in the U.S. than heart disease, cancer, and HIV and diabetes combined. It's a big issue. Did you know that mental health challenges are the number one cause of disability in North America. It's a very big challenge. So the statistics show us the challenge. And then anecdotally, uh, my guess is that you know someone who's very close to you and they're battling anxiety or depression, or they're wondering if they're bipolar, or do they have some kind of post-traumatic stress going on in their mind. It's a very big challenge challenge in our culture, and I'm glad that you're here because we have a God who enabled us to not be victims. Instead, we can live victoriously. Amen? We can live victoriously in the midst of our challenge, the battle for the mind, winning the battle from the inside out, and it is a battle. Have you noticed with your mind it is a battle? I saw this one uh, picture that was up at a gym. It said, the real battle begins when your mind starts thinking about donuts and deadlifts at the same time. (laughs) It's a battle. Have you ever wondered, why is it such a battle? Why can't I just change the way I think? Well, there are lots of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that you have a spiritual enemy. And that spiritual enemy knows if he can win the battle in your mind, the rest of you will tend to follow. That your thinking leads to your feelings and your thinking leads to your actions. That's why Proverbs says this about what you think. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. So this battle is a strategic battle place. And the most well-known passage that speaks about the battle that goes on in our mind is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I want to read it to you. If you have the app, you can look at the Bible verse on the app. It goes like this. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. Say that with me. Divinely powerful. Say it one more time. Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And then it continues. We are destroying... We're crushing, we're demolishing speculations and every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Taking every thought captive. Say that with me. Taking every thought captive. Take it. Because if you don't take it captive, it will take you captive. What does it look like when a thought takes you captive? I was reading an interview that was done with actress Jennifer Aniston. And in the interview she talked about when she was 11 years old, she was at a dinner party with her parents. And at the end of dinner, she was excused from the table. And this is what they said. You can leave now because you have nothing interesting to add to the conversation. And those words stuck in her head. She didn't get rid of them. And they took her captive and held her captive. Even when she became a successful adult, starring in TV shows, starring in films, she could still hear that voice in her head at dinner. She put it this way. Looking back on her journey, she says, I always felt incredibly comfortable giving a voice to the words of others, but put me in a table full of strangers, and I would go right back to being 11 years old. I have nothing interesting to add to the conversation, so keep your mouth shut. If you win the battle up here, the rest of you will tend to follow. You can take your thoughts captive, or they can take you captive, and unless you address them, they will never let you go. But I believe God has brought you today to the cathedral of faith Because this is the day God wants to set you free. Amen? That God wants us to be victorious in the battle for our mind. To take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so for the next few minutes, I want to give you a strategy. These are three ideas that can help you to take every thought captive this week. The first idea goes like this. It's called examine. Examine your thoughts. Examine your thoughts. Think about what you think about. I heard about this one family that went in to see the doctor, and the doctor came out and he said, I have bad news. Very bad news. The only way we can save your relative is with a brain transplant, it's experimental. And insurance doesn't cover it, and you'll have to pay for it. And the family said, well, how much are the brains? And the doctor said, well, for the male brain, it's $50,000. For the female brain, it's $25,000. And all the girls frowned, just like you did right there, and all the guys kind of smiled like you did over here. And... Finally, one of the ladies spoke up and said, why is the female brain so much cheaper? And the doctor said, because that brain has been used. (laughs) And you have to think about that one. Was that... Okay, all the ladies said amen to that. Whether you have a male brain or a female brain, they all get used a lot. Experts say that you can... Well, think up to 10,000 thoughts in a day. That's a lot of activity going on up here. And if I'm going to take every thought captive, I have to think about what I think about. I have to mind my mind. Because one minute, I can be one way, and the next minute, I love the story when Jesus is with his disciples, and he says to them, what do people think about me? And they said, well, Jesus, people are all over the board. Some think this, some think that. And then Jesus says, well, what do you think about me? And Peter speaks up and he says, here's what I think. I think that you are the one that the world has been waiting for. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Amen. Let's give God praise for that declaration. And look at what Jesus says to him about that thought. Jesus says, you are blessed, Simon, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. That was a good thought right from the balconies of heaven. Now, in the very next scene, not three chapters later, not two chapters later, the very next scene, Jesus shifts the conversation, and he goes on to tell the disciples that he has to suffer, and he has to die on a cross. And Peter, once again, tells Jesus what he thinks. He thinks it's a bad idea. He corrects Jesus. Can you imagine correcting Jesus? (laughs) You're supposed to be following Jesus. Here you are correcting Jesus. Jesus, is a bad idea for you to suffer and die and go to the cross. Peter tells Jesus what he thinks, and Jesus says, that thought right there, Peter, it's out of the pit of hell. In fact, he puts it this way. He says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's same guy, same brain. One thought is right from the balcony of heaven. One thought is right from the pit of hell. Been there. Done that. Bought the T-shirt. And that's why if I'm going to take every thought captive, I have to think about What I think about this thought, is it a healthy thought? Is it a productive thought? Is it a God-honoring thought? And if it's not, step on it. Have you ever had an ant invasion in your home? I read, I found this one uh, Twitter feed. It said, Celeste says, yesterday, 9 million ants in my kitchen. Today, zero ants in my kitchen. What are they planning? (laughs) You know those ants are up to something. One time we had an ant invasion in our kitchen. They took over everything. They didn't ask permission. They didn't rent it out on Airbnb. They just showed up. And they marched into the kitchen, they took over the counter, they took over the floor, they got into the drawers and the cupboards, they were everywhere, but the tipping point for me was getting into my chocolate cake. (laughs) Nobody touches my chocolate cake. And so when they did that, well, that was the end. I pulled out the bug spray and I set out the ant sticks, I was going to war and I intended to win. And take back my kitchen. Take it back. Say that with me. Take it back. Now having an ant invasion in your kitchen is bad. But having an ant invasion in your head is even worse. Psychologists call ants automatic negative thoughts. Automatic negative thoughts these are thoughts that you show that just show up you don't even have to try what does it look like in real life you go to work and during the course of the day you make a mistake you forget about a phone call you need to make or you misplace a paper or you're late to a meeting and those automatic negative thoughts kick in you don't even have to try You never do anything right. You always do everything wrong. You're a loser. And you'll always be a loser with a capital L. An automatic negative thought. And it directs the rest of your day. When those automatic negative thoughts show up, step on them and ask yourself, wait a second, I made a mistake at work today, but I'm really a total loser? I knew how to work the alarm clock today. I got the kids off to school today. I navigated the Silicon Valley freeways today. I landed a client earlier in the day. Just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. And when those negative thoughts show up, take them captive. When the ants show up in your kitchen, step on them to the glory of God. Amen? Take it captive. Say it with me. Take it captive. Take it. Say it with me. Take it. I want that to get in your spirit today. You're taking back. Well, your thought life. First, you have to examine. If you don't know what's going on in your head, you're going to have a hard time taking control of those thoughts. You take everything, uh, you take every thought captive. The next idea is to exchange your thoughts. Exchange your thoughts. When a lie shows up, you get rid of the lie and exchange it for the truth. I was uh, with my buddy Dr. Wayne. This was years ago. My goodness, we were, we've been friends for 35 years. And uh, yeah, let's die uh, thankful for friendship. And over those years, uh, yeah, I, we met at a conference years ago. And I can see it like it was yesterday. We're having dinner, and I'm talking to him about a, a battle I was facing. And on a side note, let me say it's good. To have somebody you can talk to when you're facing a battle the devil knows if he can isolate you he will defeat you he will and so that's why it's good to have a friend that you can talk through the battle with because we are better together and all God's people said amen and so Dr. Wayne and I are talking about this and all of a sudden he asked me a question he says what's the lie And I said, excuse me? He said, what is the lie that the enemy is telling you? There's always a lie. And all of a sudden, a light bulb went off. I had one of those aha moments. I was able to define the lie. And when I defined it, I could defeat it. If we were having dinner after service, and I looked at you and I said, what is the lie that the enemy uses on you? In some ways, the battle really could be summed up like this. It's between the truth of what God says about you and the lie that the devil says to you. You could sum it up that way. What is the lie? If the devil's favorite place to attack you is in your mind, his favorite tool to use is deception. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And there in the garden, the serpent shows up. What did the serpent do? He didn't build, turn the garden into a haunted house to try to scare Eve into obeying him. Instead, he deceives Eve. And the same thing he did back then is the same thing he does today. He got Eve to buy into a lie, and once she believed a lie, the rest of her followed, and she ate from the forbidden tree. And he continues to do the same thing to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it reads I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You have a spiritual enemy, his favorite place to attack is right here, his favorite tool to use is deception. And he even has a favorite lie. Maybe he's used it on you this week. His favorite lie goes like this. Has a lot of faces, but basically goes like this. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't want the best for you. And God cannot be trusted. That is his favorite lie. Have you heard that lie before? Look at what he says to Eve. Eve. He says, God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Translation, God doesn't care about you. God doesn't want the best for you. God cannot be trusted. In fact, Dallas Willard in his book, Renovation of the Heart, he says this. He says that this is the lie behind all temptation. God is presented as depriving us by his commands of what is good. So we think we must take matters into our own hands and act contrary to what he has said. Translation, God doesn't care about you. God doesn't want the best for you. God cannot be trusted. But here at Cathedral of Faith, we defeat that lie with the truth about God. That God is good and all the time he cares about you, he wants the best for you, and he can be trusted with your entire life and eternity. Jesus put it this way, he said, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have real and eternal life, more and better life than you've ever dreamed of that this is the truth that we believe. And by believing in that truth, well, it leads us in a way of living. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you what? Free. free. Shall set you what? Free. free. Let's give God praise for his truth that sets us free from the lies of the enemy. Hallelujah. Well, when a lie shows up, don't let it stay there. Take that lie and exchange that lie for the truth of God's word. I love this one video that takes a bunch of lies, turns it upside down, and declares the truth. Watch your screens and let God speak to your heart.
2: this is the truth. If you turn things upside down, you can't hope for your life to change. I would be lying to you if I said that you have a great future ahead, that you can recover from your past mistakes, that your life could be filled with joy, that your children could be safe and healthy more than anything you must know human beings cannot accomplish these things and I'm convinced of this because I know you all you are capable of is failure you have made a complete mess of your life and I refuse to believe under any circumstances that you can turn things around in the coming years you may think your life is bad now but there's more to come You have only one destiny. And whether you like it or not, this is what is real. I am the Lord your God. You should know I believe exactly the opposite. I am the Lord your God. This is what is real. And whether you like it or not, you have only one destiny. There's more to come. You may think your life is bad now, but you can turn things around in the coming years. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that you have made a complete mess of your life, and all you are capable of is failure. And I'm convinced of this because I know you. Human beings cannot accomplish these things. More than anything, you must know that your children could be safe and healthy, that your life could be filled with joy, that you can recover from your past mistakes. You have a great future ahead. I would be lying to you if I said that you can't hope for your life to change. If you turn things upside down, this is the truth.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you. Free. So if I'm going to take every thought captive, I have to examine my thoughts. I have to make an exchange. If there's a lie, I have to take that away and declare the truth. This last piece, make sure you lock in here. I have such a sense. Boy, someone today is is dealing with this. You have to engage your thoughts. Really engage them. We read a moment ago, 2 Corinthians 10, and I want to make sure you get this picture. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. Say that with me. Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. What an interesting picture fortresses, that some thoughts are like fortresses. My wife and I were recently with two other couples from the church, and we had the chance to visit a castle over in Scotland, and there's a lot of history behind the castle. It uh, uh, This is where Mary, Queen of Scots, gave birth to King James, and where prisoners from the American Revolution were actually taken there and kept in that prison and carved little American flags on the sides of that prison. And they say Prince William shows up and he'll wave at people and talk to folks. So just a lot of history in this castle. But our guide said it's, it's, they call it a castle, but it's not really a castle. It's a fortress because this thing was built to be defended so you could not knock it down. It's built high up on Castle Rock. It's meant to look intimidating. They could shoot arrows down at you, pour oil on you. It wasn't easy to take this fortress, and yet history has shown, it has, that if you have the right strategy or the right weapons, you can defeat a fortress. Our guide said that when the new Avenger movie came out, there were some people who dressed up as the Avenger characters, and they ended up climbing over the walls and defeating the walls of the castle. And they got inside, and then they were arrested. (laughs) But once they were arrested, the guards, before they threw them in jail, wanted to take their picture with Captain America. Here's the thing. If you know what you're doing, you can defeat a fortress. Now, follow me on this. This is so important. Someone needs to hear this. The Bible says that some of the thoughts that are in your head, it's more than a thought. It's more than a lie. It's like a fortress. Maybe like Jennifer, it has been there a very long time. And unless you engage it, it will always be there. Controlling the direction of your life. Because your thoughts shape your life. And fortresses are thoughts that are so deeply entrenched in your mind. They're learning so much about the way that brains work. And they say that when you have a thought, let's say it's a negative thought, the chemistry of your brain is altered and it actually begins to form a groove in your brain. And every time you have that thought again, it deepens the groove. And it's easier to have that thought again and the groove gets deeper. It's like digging a moat around a fortress where eventually you don't even have to think about going to that thought. It becomes your default thought. It's a fortress. It controls you and you're not even aware of it. But the Bible says that we have divine Weapons, divine weapons. Say that with me, divine weapons. Say it again, divine weapons. And through the truth of the word and the strength of the spirit and the power of the gospel, we can tear down fortresses and break down strongholds and take control of our thought life again. That you can actually, science says, as you start having different kinds of thoughts, you create different kinds of grooves in your brain. And these become the default thoughts. They call it rewiring your brain. The Bible calls it renewing your mind. And you can change your brain. And when you do, you change your life. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me ask you a question. Boy, I sense there are some strongholds and fortresses that just need to come down. They've been ruling your life for way too long. What do they look like? It's that fortress of thought. I'm never going to get over this addiction. Or I have to please everybody in order to be happy. Or... I'm not lovable, and I can never have a meaningful relationship. Or, it doesn't matter what I do, I just will never have enough money. Or, that hurt is so bad, I will never get over it. Fortress. that's controlling and shaping the course of your life. What is my fortress? Part of this series, what we're hoping to do is give people the, the freedom, security, safety of letting know church is a safe place where you can come and you can bring your struggles because we're all in the journey together. And the fortress that I have had to battle, I think you could sum it up this way. No matter what you do, it's never good enough. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you study, no matter how hard you pray, it's never good enough. No matter how well you teach, no matter how well you love, no matter how well you lead, no matter how well you plan, it is never good enough. No matter how good a husband you are or a dad you are or a friend you are or a pastor you are, it is never, never good enough This stronghold showed up when I was a teenager and I have had to battle it for much of my life. And it's caused so much anxiety and so much depression that I've had to overcome that came out of this stronghold. And the reason it was so strong is because there is a, just a tiny bit of truth in it that on my own, I am not good enough. But the bigger truth is this. The whole truth is this. I am never on my own. God is with me. God is for me. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of me. The truth in 2nd Peter chapter 1 it reads this way God's power has given us everything. Say that word with me. Everything. Say it again. Everything we need to lead a godly life. That means I have everything I need. I have the time that I need. I have the talent that I need. I have the resources that I need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen and amen and amen. And I've been taking down that fortress one brick at a time, one day at a time. And what God has helped me to do, I believe he can help you too. Take every thought captive. Take it. Say that with me. Take it. I want to pray with you in just a moment. Before I do, I want a friend of mine, Mina, to come up and share just for a moment. Mina was a part of our cathedral team for 10 years. Her and I worked closely together. She was, you were the creative team back then. She's like a little sister to me and she went on from the church to go back to school to get her degree in psychology, and now she is one of the best, one of the up-and-coming uh, psychotherapists, one of the best ones in the whole South Valley. And Mina, I, th- I want to thank you for sharing a little bit of your journey with us today because uh, you know one of the big challenges is anxiety. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about depression, but this week, anxiety is just everywhere. It's, it's everywhere, young people, older people. Just, it seems like there's been an epidemic of anxiety. And, and I know that you've, you've had your own battles with anxiety. Tell yes. us how that went.
6: Absolutely. So, you know, the thing that I realized when I look back on my journey with anxiety, for so long, I didn't know what was happening. I thought this is just the way that I live; that I would just live in a chronic state of fear in anticipation of that bad thing that I was waiting to happen to me. And I too, you know, in, in being able to to do my work, to be in therapy myself, was able to trace it back to childhood where I grew up where, you know, my mom was really sick. My brother was really sick, and so I grew up in this constant, like, waiting for the illness to come, right? Like, waiting for that next trip to the emergency room, waiting for that next doctor visit, and just feeling so powerless. And so it created this stronghold in my mind that, like, I'm not safe. Life isn't predictable. And while, you know, it also relates to my experience with my mom, while I knew that my mom loved me with all her heart, that there were times where she couldn't take care of me. And so I didn't realize that that, that that lie embedded even in my spirituality that I would not doubt that God loved me, but I, but I doubted that he would take care of me. And so it just really gave root to the anxiety. And so when I finally was able to get a moment of grace, really, to get that invitation and accept it to really start to engage my thoughts and investigate, because we tend to feel our thinking... Right? So I would, the, the anxiety, I would feel it. And as I learned to engage it, then I was able to go back and examine the thoughts. I'm like, what am I thinking? Is this helpful? Is this true? With a capital T. Right? Yeah. And so it's been this ongoing work. And even now working as a therapist, what I get to do is help people learn to work with their thoughts. And it's been so transformative. I am not the same person because I slowed down and really started to invest and take care of my mental health. Amen. Well, and that's, that,
0: we're believing that that's the same kind of thing that's gonna happen. Now, I know you did three specific things yes. that were very helpful and, and with the use of sticky notes. Yes. Sorry, I love that. Sticky them.
6: notes, yes. <laughs> because again it speaks to the work that it's not like that you know instant switch that it's like we work with these things we work with our thoughts to have the change that God wants for us and so being a busy working mom you know I live by sticky notes and so what I would do to help me to remember to challenge the thoughts is just have these little mantras I would work with so the first one is it says stay where your feet are because anxiety is all about anticipation, being everywhere else but here. So I'm already like 10 years ahead. I have teenagers. You know, my son's gonna marry the wrong woman. You know, all those yeah. things. You know? right, right. <laughs> and so it's like, come back, he's 17. You know, yeah. that's not happening today, or whatever I think is gonna happen. So, and that's why I tell myself, the safest place for me to be is right here. The safest place for me to be is right here with you. God lives here. I tell myself, God lives in this moment. Infinite God wow. and my finite self, right, intersect where my feet are right now. So that's really helpful to yeah.
0: me. Staying right here, present yes. in the moment. That's Absolutely. awesome.
6: So the next sticky note, the next thing I work with is no pre-worrying. Right, so it's like that whole notion, and I realize like worry is a habit. It is an unhelpful habit. It is nonproductive. It is like a rocking chair. It's like a treadmill going nowhere. But this sense that I'm 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 worrying, I'm doing something, and again, it's like worrying about things that most of the time don't even happen. And my body doesn't know the difference. So my mind is working in that way, and my body's responding all the chemicals, all that, all that reinforcement for things that aren't happening. It's a big cost to worry. Yeah. It's a big cost to worry. So I tell myself no pre worrying. Don't, don't, because we don't, God, whatever's gonna happen, God's gonna meet me there.
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. And then the third thing the that third I, thing. I, I love the third one too.
6: Me too. So the third sticky note, and these are literally from my car. Act, underline the word act, act like God's in charge, right? What is it? I can say God's in charge, but if we were to plug my ears and you were to see me move, would I look like God's in charge? What is it like? Even if I don't necessarily believe it in the moment, if the thoughts feel like they're winning, I can act my way into right right thinking, right? right. So that's like, relax, God's in charge, rest, Mm. pray, right? Sometimes that's what it looks like to act, yeah. like God's in charge. Don't do anything. There's nothing to do in this moment. So that's been really helpful to me as well.
0: Boy, those are so helpful.
6: That, that, that is the way, if
0: you're tired of going in a certain direction, you know, there's hope that God, by his grace, can help you to move in a different direction we, we want to pray with you. I want everybody to stand and close your eyes. Let's lock in together. And if you would say, Ken, Mina, I've been battling, uh, battling with thoughts, battling with lies. I've been battling with anxiety or depression. But today I'm making this declaration, a declaration of faith, inviting the grace of God to help me to win the battle. We want to agree with you, pray with you. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I want to pray with you and pray for you, believing that this is a new day. It's a new day for you. It's a new start one brick at a time, one day at a time, that fortress is coming down. Divine weapons are gonna pull down that fortress. Mina, would you lead us in prayer?
6: Father God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your care, Lord God. We thank you for the divine appointment that you've called your people to this weekend, Lord God. That you want to set the captives free, Lord God. We believe in your goodness we believe in your power we believe in your grace lord god and i just stand together here with pastor ken and just declare freedom upon this congregation lord god i declare freedom upon this body of believers from every one of the enemies attempts to take captive of our thoughts to take us out of the truth of the goodness of who you are and how you work things out and how you are for us lord god i pray lord god for deliverance from anxiety and depression lord god and i pray for those who have been just in isolation and desperation lord god that they just accept this invitation to turn their thoughts over to you to work with these lord god for those who are needing greater greater help lord god just give them the spirit of boldness and courageousness, Lord God, to reach out their hand and accept the help that you have for them, Lord God. We thank you that you are highly invested in our freedom. We decree it, we declare it, Lord God, I thank you for this ministry. I thank you that you've called us to a place of authenticity, to expose the enemy lies, that we can live in the truth and the freedom of who you are. We praise you for all of this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Next week, I start a new series entitled How to Keep Your Song During Testing Times. We'll be looking at Psalm 23, and I hope you can join us. For the benediction, I've asked my good friend, Pastor John Mendez, who oversees our Spanish campus here at the cathedral, if he would share the benediction in Spanish in English. Durante este tiempo de tanta incertidumbre quiero declarar esta bendición sobre la vida tuya que el Señor te bendiga y que él te guarde, que Jehová haga su rostro resplandecer sobre ti y muestre su gracia en tu vida que el Señor mire hacia ti y te dé paz. During this time of uh, so so much uncertainty and and so much stress, I want to declare this blessing upon your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Be blessed.